Hello, and welcome to Exponential Everyday, where we will explore all the everyday things in our lives, work, family, relationships that bring an exponential effect into our world. I'm Tracy Cambies, a girl raised on a farm who landed her dream job at 22 and launched a successful 20 plus year career as a corporate warrior and senior executive, making seven figures all the while being a mom, a wife, a multi-sport athlete, and a side hustler in real estate. I love all things food, travel, and experiences, and I look forward to spending time with you. I took a leap to exponentially change my life and set out to start and build a business with heart and meaning and authenticity to help change the trajectory of others. From creators and founders and small businesses, my heart is in helping find the exponential factor in business and in life. So join me as we take this journey together and learn more and really achieve exponential every day. This week, we're going to talk about physical wellness. As last week, we covered mental wellness as we talked with Dr. Tara Pasha about what she was seeing across her clients and in the workforce. She spoke about being more aware of how we are feeling about our work and life and being more cognizant of our emotional state and mental state, taking time to take care of ourselves, both emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and then reaching out to others to talk or getting and also getting professional help. In our discussion, Dr. Pasha also mentioned how taking care of ourselves physically is part of our mental health journey. And I know it is for me personally. So I thought this week I'd give you a little bit of a behind the scenes at my health journey and some of the things I've learned along the way. To get us started, what we are seeing in the industry of health and wellness and what that means to us personally and how we think about managing our careers. An interesting study was recently published by a company in the UK where they found that workplace wellness has become an increasing focus for organizations, particularly since the pandemic. One, that the global corporate wellness market has been estimated to reach about $66 billion in 2022. Approximately 75% of large employers and 33% of small companies are currently running wellness programs. And the corporate wellness industry is being driven by mostly the increasing cost of insurance and what it means to maintain insurance and maintain a healthy employee population. So as we think about our careers and where we're working, whether we're entrepreneurs or we're working in the corporate world, insurance costs are constantly going up. And to be able to manage that, to take a more global approach to our health. So in thinking about my own journey in managing my physical wellness along my career and finding ways to enjoy all the great experiences that I was able to have going and traveling around the world to different clients and being in different cities, but also trying to achieve the goals that I had both in sport, outside of work, with my family, and in general, just living a life that is of wellness and health and feeling good on a daily basis to be able to show up for my family, to be able to show up for my colleagues and for my clients with my best 
healthy self. I do want to give a couple of disclaimers. During this time, I'm going to speak to you about things that I have done, recommendations I've gotten from different doctors or trained specialists in nutrition or in endurance sport that I've participated in, but I am not a doctor. So what I am sharing with you is my experience in my personal journey. And if you take anything away from this conversation that's helpful to you or encourages you to take action, please do so. But please make sure you're meeting with a doctor or getting getting back to your uh, regular internal medicine doctor or your physician. And then the second thing I would give you as a disclaimer is that health and wellness is definitely a personal thing and it is tied both to our mental wellness and I have throughout my life struggled as many young girls did with you know our appearance and uh, being a teenager and the things of feeling amplified as a part of your identity and as I've gotten older of course I have overcome some of those insecurities but I will tell you that my struggle and then my journey of physical health and wellness, and I have really worked hard to change my mindset to not just be focused on my appearance as part of my physical health and wellness, but focus on being strong and healthy and being and feeling well and feeling my best on a daily basis. And that being my focus versus just my appearance and that fitting into my clothes and those other things are definitely side effects of focusing on maintaining a healthy state of wellness in my mental mindset, my emotional state of being, as well as my physical and and biological being. Those are my two disclaimers. So let's dive in a little bit. have always loved food and loved traveling and experiences and that being a part and learning cultures through what they eat and how they cook just enjoying food and experiencing that with others and being in a community and savoring all the different nuances of different places around the world that I've been able to visit and travel to but in addition to that I grew up on a farm where my grandparents had an orchard and a variety of fruits that were available literally walking distance from my back door and then we always had vegetables during the summer and not just going and harvesting tomatoes and and um, green beans and things of that nature but also working to put them up and can them with my mom's my mom and my grandmother and being able to have just those plethora of options in my life when it came to food and so been a big deal to me and it's something that I enjoy and I've also enjoyed cooking so those, those two elements are, are big char- sets of characteristics of who I am and how much I love food. But with that love of food, I've also learned that also need to be aware of what that food and the different types of food does to my health and wellness along the way. The second is I hit my lifelong height of 5'8 by the time I was 14 years old. I also was around that the weight that I would be for most of my life, which kind of hovered around 145 to 165 pounds off and on throughout my entire life. Now, much of those 20-pound swings were correlated to two or three different things, times of high 
uh, and heavy weight training, lower cycles of daily movement during or when I might have had an injury or been sick. Also, some of those moments were paired with times of heavy indulgence in desserts and um, or fried foods or you know wine as I got older. Um, more about finding a balance and being able to not just focus on a number on a scale, but focus on you know both enjoying life while also balancing to maintain a healthy weight and a healthy lifestyle. I would also say that during the years of trying, uh, trying to become a parent and, and also trying to get pregnant and be pregnant and, and living with pregnancy, uh, fueling my body with fuel was a super important thing to, my, to the equation of feeling good during pregnancy. Um, plus, I wanted to give the best environment I could give them. But I did enjoy a lot of dessert during that time and during those pregnancies. And I did not hold back on any pasta dishes or cheesy dishes. So with both pregnancies, I ended up maxing out with about 40 pounds of weight gain. And having started both pregnancies at around 45 to 150 pounds, you know, I topped the scales around 190. But it was something that I could manage getting off pretty well because I stayed active right after I had had kids. And since then... I will tell you that my weight continues to fluctuate. I currently am hovering around 155. I'm in a good fit state after recovering from an injury that I had earlier this year, which I'll talk about in just a minute. But also, I'm not in my most fit condition as I was in previous years because I have been recovering and I was off my feet for quite a long time during this year. So just working my way back slowly, but also focusing on feeling good and fueling my body for this recovery that I've been going through. One thing I have always said is that I am a work in progress on every level of life. Family has had a history of many, many diseases that are tied to physical health and wellness, particularly thyroid disease and diabetes. I have always been concerned about kind of the overall state of my health and wellness and being able to take care of my body to be around for my children's children and be with my family um, and just grow into a ripe old age. The third thing I would tell you, I have always loved sports and staying active. I've played sports since the age of three. I was also a dancer from the age of three or four and learning new things. So as a working adult, when I got into my job, I sought to stay involved in, in sports. And so I found road racing and running. And I also found triathlon. Through my time as an adult and working, I found ways to set goals through signing up for races and creating training plans to stay active in a community of people who were focused on health and wellness and active and active lifestyles to help me along my journey. So I tell you all of those things to kind of give you a landscape of kind of who I am and kind of what I love and and what the balance is. And some of the things I have said to, to friends before is like, I do like to work out, but I work out a lot of times to manage because I do love to eat and have food experiences. So there is a balance in that. I do f- focus on physical activity and managing my global health with the food that I eat but also balancing that with enjoying life, not being too restrictive or hard on myself with what I do with food as fuel. One of the things I really worked hard on was my goal of feeling strong and healthy and staying in tune with how stress in work and in life affected 
my emotional wellness and mental wellness, but also was affecting my physical wellness. And so generally, I do want to wake up every day and feel well each day, not be in pain. And while we get older, yes, we'll have some aches and pains, but like generally be able to wake up and feel good and be ready to move and do the things that that takes to get through my daily life. The benefits of movement and strength and being in a, in a community focused on health and wellness has been super helpful for me to maintain my focus on my health, being able to show up during the most stressful times of work or showing up during the most stressful time of life. So I've developed this ability over time to be able to, and managing my health and my diet, by diet I mean the food that I take in, not in, in being on a diet. I really don't believe in those and have never been successful at being on a diet of any kind. I have developed this ability to kind of quiet the noise of life when it gets really chaotic using movement. And along with that mental stillness and being able to quiet those things, I've learned resiliency. I've also learned how to manage hitting roadblocks or injuries, sickness or whatever. I've learned just innumerable lessons of my own resilience to manage through. Some of the roadblocks and bumps in the road that I've experienced kind of can be spelled out in probably four big things that have happened and I would say in the last 10 to 15 years that had big impacts to me learning those lessons and understanding kind of this connection of both the physical and mental wellness but how to break through barriers and get through these uh, large roadblocks that sometimes come up in our lives. My first was in 2012 um, which was about four years after having my second child and I had completed uh, in that earlier in that year, I had completed a half marathon, half Ironman. And in six weeks after that, I had to, I had appendicitis and had to have my emergency appendectomy. And on top of all this, <laughs> during the same time frame, I was also up for promotion at Deloitte from senior manager to becoming a partner or principal in the firm. And it's a highly stressful process. It's about 18, runs an 18 months long process. So it was both mentally and physically uh, straining and, and it required a lot of endurance um, as I was being tested and scrutinized, I would say, as for, for promotion, but also dealing with those the health issue of my appendix, having this setback in my, in my training in, in 2015. I was snow skiing in Utah and I pulled my calf, my left calf muscle, um, which was a huge setback because I was planning and training at that time for another half Ironman. Uh, they'd never tested my hormone levels and they didn't really check my thyroid levels. They just checked for cholesterol, they, things of that nature. The, I did go see a functional medicine doctor at the same time to get a second opinion and kind of get a different perspective. Um, that was a recommendation from a friend of mine who had sought who had sought help from a functional medicine doctor, and it really changed their entire life. And so during that time, I went to the functional medicine doctor. They did a ton of different tests, and they found that um, I was having some early stage uh, indicators that my thyroid was possibly having issues, and it looked like you know symptoms leading towards Hashimoto's disease, which is. Um, early stage autoimmune disorder that affects the thyroid gland. Some food sensitivity testing and tested my cortisol. It really came up with a holistic plan, but 
that particular moment was a big aha for me that my health and my food was not just about like staying healthy and fit and fueling my body for the sports that I love to do. It's also about the fact food was having a negative impact. The things I was doing and eating was having a negative impact on my thyroid and, and other parts of my my health and my body. And I needed to think about how I could use food to heal my body. And then finally, and most recently, as I mentioned earlier, this year, earlier in 2022, I had a, another setback where I was snow skiing once again, and I tore my ACL. And then I also, subsequent to that, had a flare up with some digestive issues. All the while, I hit the age of 46 this year. And you know, I've learned so many lessons and more recently having both a physical injury again and a digestive issue again has helped me really reset and rethink about the cycles that I am putting myself through when I do give in too much to my indulgences and need to come back to uh, a more core way of operating. I thought I would share with you a different view of how I've been managing and give you some macro tips that have been helpful to me. I'm definitely a go-getter. I like to stay active. I kind of run in fourth or fifth gear versus ever sitting in first or second gear. Um, But when I do sit down or I am kind of parked in one place, I do tend to like go to sleep, which I've learned is another critical aspect to being and having a very healthy lifestyle and feeling good. A couple of things that I've learned that throughout this journey, what works for me is testing and learning and pushing myself through some of those uncomfortable and unknown things in my life where I may not understand what's going on at that moment, but there are ways to figure it out and take a step back and kind of do an assessment of myself and be aware in my life, whether it be how I'm eating, how I'm hydrating, how I'm sleeping, how I'm moving, all of those things. So the first area I would say is a huge focus that is what am I doing with my food and hydration? Both are fuel for your body, for living your best life. Without hydration and without quality food, you're really not giving yourself the right things to have the best outcome on a day-to-day basis. Focus giving yourself the gift of good whole food, eating the rainbow, giving yourself as much organic or close to the farm, locally grown, drinking plenty of water. Now, plenty recommended uh, amount is like, 64 ounces a day, eight glasses of water, up to 100 ounces if you're really active is is critical to feeling healthy and good. And that can come in many forms, uh, flavored waters. But one thing I will tell you is avoid sugary drinks. And sometimes for some people, I would also watch out for even sparkling drinks because they can be rough on your digestive system. If you're taking in not so great food, on the other side, what you're really doing is a lot of it actually stays with you and is has a cumulative effect on your health over time. So a couple of things I would encourage you to do is apply the 80-20 rule to your overall food and fueling of your body. When thinking about a healthy lifestyle and physical wellness, consider, but generally if you're starting out and you've never really thought about this, I would say think about 20% of the time giving yourself grace and enjoying 
a few things every now and then, but thinking about it holistic. The second would be in this area of food is like, be aware of how food makes you feel. If you eat something and you feel bloated after it, you should probably reconsider what that was that you ate. And is it putting you in intestinal stress or distress? Or if you, after you eat something within a period of 40 minutes to an hour later, you feel tired and slug. That's likely indication that how your body is processing that food and using it for fuel. Consider maybe going through like a sugar detox a couple of times a year, or taking a, a week or two to, to really pull out all refined foods and sugars from your diet just for that period of time. And then see how you feel, not overdoing it, but just pulling highly processed foods and sugars out of your diet. One of the things I've learned to do around the sugar thing is I replaced almost all refined sugar with using maple syrup, date syrup, coconut sugar, um, which is less refined as a sup substitute. Good quality lean proteins are the best, but honestly, grass-fed beef and bison are, are equally as good. Um, particularly, this applies for aging men and women, um, and especially women. According to a recent study out of Healthline, Web Healthline uh, Wire, women are suffering from bone loss as they age, and protein contributes to adequate bone strength and density. So consuming enough protein will decrease the risk of heart, heart attack, coronary disease, and bone degeneration. So here's an example. If you're an adult weighing around 150 pounds, you would need on average, based on the recommended daily allowance, 55 grams of protein per day, which is this about the amount of a protein that's just in six ounces of meat. However, if you're an active woman or or man, and I think men are slightly higher, but if you're an active female, you're training for a marathon or you're, you're doing any sort of training or you're weightlifting, you're gonna need somewhere between 1 1.2 to 1.7 grams per kilogram of weight versus what the daily recommended amount is 0.8 grams per one kilogram of weight. Quite a jump than what you're, the last stat I would give you is that starting around the age of 50, adults lose an average of 1% of total muscle mass each year, known condition called sarcopenia. So besides making us weaker, low muscle mass increases our risk for disability and increases our mortality rate. So protein, protein, protein people. I can't even express it enough. There's a couple of ways that I get more protein in my diet. I've started both protein supplements um, and, co and collagen supplements. Um, Vital Proteins is my favorite brand of collagen protein. And you can add it to your coffee. They make creamers. You can add it to smoothies. I've added it to baked goods before. You feel more satisfied. But pair that with work stress or you're just in a slump generally at work, but it's stressful and there's a lot of deadlines that are looming. All of these things add stress. And then we have life occurrences that also happen that add stress. Being aware of how you recover from both your physical activity and how you are dealing with the stresses around you is critical to understanding how you need to recover. For example, there's a several times during my career where I would travel overseas and I've always been a pretty short but pretty highly effective sleeper but being on a plane when I would if I hadn't drank enough water I would get to where I was going and if it's several time zone jumps I was having a hard time staying awake so 
I learned what it meant to take naps to help kind of boost my sleep and recovery, but also allow me to continue to push through, get some movement in, then get to a regular schedule for being in that country for whatever period of time. The other thing I started to notice is dealing with my bedtime habits and why sleep is so important to the overall equation of how you recover and how you are managing the stress of life. Focusing on getting and improving my sleep hygiene, meaning getting off my phone earlier, uh, creating a reading pattern at night before I go to bed, um, a friend of mine talked to me about using earplugs, which helped them fall asleep faster and better. I started using that and man, did that start to really change. I could block out all the noise. I, would get, I was getting more consistent and deeper sleep. I would tell you that one of the other things around dealing with stress and managing sleep and recovery that I learned through the functional medicine doctor was I needed to focus on my body somehow produces a lot of cortisol. Knowing that, I learned that I could supplement my diet with magnesium glyconate, which would help me have more magnesium in my system, which helped the natural process of my body managing the cortisol. The other thing is that when it was a super high time of stress for me, and of another supplement called a cortisol management supplement. And I would take that over a 30 day period when I was having those high stress moments. I would take it right before bed. And man, did my sleep improve. Sorry, stay asleep longer. The quality of sleep that I was getting was so much better. Waking up more refreshed, waking up not feeling tired, really felt amazing. The third area is movement. And you've heard me talk about this. While I, yes, I love sport, Movement is critical. The more you do it, the more often you do it, the better off you will be. All movement is good. Walking, biking, stretching, lifting weight, um, in particular lifting heavy weights for women as you get older is critical because it helps us maintain our bone mass and muscle. Paired with the protein intake increase, if you are lifting and actually not being afraid to lift heavy, you will actually see an improvement in your overall health. But keeping movement in your life, for me, has made all the difference. My level of strength going into my injuries, because I had been lifting weights and continue continue to have a strength training program throughout my life in some way, form, or fashion, I think it allowed me to recover faster from my injuries and return to normal life activities without any limitation or pain, additional and residual pain. One thing is for sure, the more active the you are, the better off we are in the long run. And then the fourth and final thing I would say is educate yourself. Do not be afraid to be your own advocate around your health. Seek second opinions on your health diagnosis and be willing to continuously learn and listen and be more aware about your body. Everyone is unique. We are all different. And while we might all have very similar global issues that we're dealing with, whether it be dealing with COVID or the after effects of COVID, your genetics are unique. And traditional medicine applies patterns of symptoms with broad remedies. And to those symptoms of medical science is continuously changing and we're constantly learning. So being willing to ask questions, seek second opinions to get a more individualistic approach to you managing your health or looking deeper into what your issues are is critical to managing your whole health. I would encourage you not just to look at your traditional medicine doctors, but also consider functional medicine and nutritional medicine as a way to complement the more traditional medicine practices that you 
may follow with your doc, your traditional doctors. It doesn't hurt to have those second opinions and seek other areas of science to help balance an approach that is right and, and personalized to you. Back in 2015, when I experienced that injury from skiing and I was having lots of sleep issues and digestive issues during that time, and I was on the verge of that of having thyroid issues, it was that functional medicine doctor who did that deeper blood work on me and food sensitivity testing and cortisol testing, as I mentioned. But overall, what really wasn't easy to hear is that while I was generally doing okay in maintaining my weight through mostly working out and training for races and whatever season of sport that I was in, it was my heavier late night evening meals. It was my overindulgence in cheese and wine and processed meats and foods that was really wreaking havoc on my system. And I needed to calm the what was going on inside me down. There was tons of inflammation from working out, tons of inflammation from what types of food I was eating. Even though my weight wasn't changing because of my workout schedule, it was just this combination of things that was having an impact. And so seeking that help outside of my regular internal medicine doctor with the functional medicine doctor helped me. So I know I've shared a lot of information and I hope I haven't overshared <laughs> with you. I thought I would give you some food for thought, no pun intended, on how to help you think about your health journey. I'll list a couple of resources and books that I have used in the show notes that I hope that you'll consider making a kind of a, a full assessment of your, yourself and where you're at and understanding where you want to be next when it comes to your health journey. Because from where you are now and how you feel today to how you want to feel every day going forward, there could be some dramatic differences. So with that, in our next episode, I think I'll be sharing some tools and some, app, some apps that I use, some books that I use, and tips and tricks that I have developed along the way. for listening to Exponential Every Day. If you could do me a favor and leave me a review, I would really appreciate it.